Well, tonight, much of France is on edge after nearly a week of violent protests there. They were sparked by a deadly shooting. The family of the 17-year-old who was killed by police at a traffic stop is calling for an end to the violence. The home of one mayor was attacked by rioters, injuring his wife and one of his children. About 45,000 officers are on patrol across France trying to restore peace. All right, Sandy Rios with you. That's a CBS report, uh, a minimized sort of one-sided view of what's happening in France. Could I just tell you that there's chaos in France? I see another headline here, France on the verge of chaos. I've seen France on the verge of civil war. What's this all about, about this one boy, this teenager? According to CBS News and other outlets, this BBC will report it the same way. Trust me, there's a lot more to this story. And uh, from my perspective, it all started uh, when during the Obama years, their, the European Union opened up uh, the borders and Muslim men crossed those borders. You may have seen the photos, the videos of large groups of men running together into these small villages in Germany. They did it in Sweden. They came into uh, France, and of course, they, they every European com- country, except a few, shut their doors. Poland was one of them that didn't allow any any Muslim immigrants in. It, and, but they weren't, it was just men, fighting age men. So now those fighting age men, let's just talk about France, went into Paris, went into all of the big cities, uh, and proceeded to start to burn cars, riot. Uh, they also attacked churches, Christians. And they ended up living, being placed, I don't know if it was voluntary, um, but they went into these places called no-go zones. You're going to hear our guests talk about those, no-go zones. And those are the zones where police are not allowed in, uh, French law is not observed. Uh, but it's like their own territory, meaning the Muslim men and now women and the, their children are now populating this area that is really not really France at all. Uh, it's a, as you'll hear Alessandra in a few minutes say, it's like no France zones. Uh, the police are in danger if they go into those zones. But these uh, young men are coming out of their zones and attacking the French people. Now, this has been going on for some time. But recently, and you heard that in the CBS report, a few weeks ago, I say based on where I am talking with you in this moment, let's just say in the last month or so, there have been riots that have broken out. And the this, this spark was the police shooting this young Muslim man in the car. He would not stop um, on their command, and they ended up shooting him. I'm not commenting on commenting on that because I don't know anything more about it than that. Uh, but the riots began. And the, different, the thing about this time, these riots uh, caused the French people to rise up and fight back. They're tired of it. They're sick of it. And so today we're going to be talking to Alexander Passé and his wife, Kate, uh, and I'll introduce them properly on the other side of the break. But let me just say they are, uh, Kate is an American, Alessandra is a Parisian, uh, and he is in public policy, and so is Kate. Very knowledgeable. His French is strong, and so I just want you to listen very carefully. Just be prepared to listen very carefully. Uh, and then Kate's, of course, is clearer in terms of her uh, her English. But nevertheless, Alessandra says such important things. He's a brilliant young man, and I want you to hear what he has to say. But first, of course, we couldn't do this podcast without the support of Preborn. Very happy to have their support. Very happy to help them. And I'm so grateful to all of you who have already helped. You know, uh, the abortions now are performed more by drugs than they are by abortion doctors. In fact, over 50% of abortions are the the RU486 French abortion pill, speaking of France. Uh, And it's it's a horrendous procedure. It's more than one pill. And girls are taking this at home, and they're finding out that they're giving birth to babies. Uh, they thought that it was just a blob of tissue, and they find out it's an, actually a baby. It's very traumatic. Uh, and yet, you know, no one knows about it, and you can do it at home, so it's, got, it's very seductive. So over 1,000 babies are literally being poisoned to death every day. Preborn is the organization providing the solution to this grave situation. I'm going to give you a story. As Liliana arrived at the Preborn Network Clinic, She held her aborted baby tightly in a napkin. After taking the abortion pill, she desperately wanted to save her baby. When she showed the sonographer and counselor pictures of the blood, an infant in the toilet, it was a devastating sight. 
Unfortunately, Liliana had come too late for her tiny one. The abortion clinic had lied to her about the baby being merely a cluster of cells. Uh, so preborn can stop young girls like Liliana from taking it this far because they show them or they provide ultrasounds uh, for these young girls who think or under the impression that it is just a blob of tissue. They're in trouble. They're pregnant. They're worried. And with these free ultrasounds that you provide, uh, so many of them, most of them actually decide to save their babies or keep their babies. So if you'd like to help or you want to continue to help because many of you have stepped up to the plate, Go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. Let's stop this. Let's stop this in real time. I can't think of a more redemptive way to stop abortion than to show the mother the baby in her womb. So let's do it. Go to preborn.com slash Sandy. All right, one more thing. You know, you can call us at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. And you can leave us a message, and we'd love hearing from you, and we'll be playing some of these on the air uh, soon. Also, you can email us at sandy at afr.net. That's sandy at afr.net if you want an easy way to listen to the podcast. Of course, we're on all the platforms, and there are a lot of ways to listen. But if you want to make it easy, and if you need to share it with a friend and you want to make it easy for them, just go to sandyrios.com. That's sandyrios.com. Also want to tell you that we are resurrecting our Facebook page, Sandy Rios 24-7. Sandy Rios 24-7 is, um, <laughs> we were on the blacklist for, you know, meta. I can't imagine why. For a long time. So we're resurrecting the site and inviting you to come and participate with us on Sandy Rios 24-7 on Facebook. I think that's all the things I needed to tell you. So now sit back and relax. And honestly, uh, you know, as my mother would say, put on your thinking cap, you know, make your ears really keen to listen because this is incredible stuff and it does apply to us here in the United States. So stay tuned to this version of Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice, not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro life radio talk show host. We've got to say, this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. Paris, supposed to be the city of love, is exploding again into hateful confrontation. Riot police versus angry youths, many under the age of 18. There's talk the French government may be forced to call a state of emergency. In the meantime, France's president today urged parents to keep youngsters at home while he sent more police onto the streets. But those youngsters aren't listening. Last night, the violence spread to flashpoints across the country. Town halls, schools, public buildings seen to represent the state of France have all been targeted. There was looting too in central Paris. In the Mediterranean city of Marseille, the state library was attacked. The UK and the US have now issued travel advice for their citizens visiting France. They're right to be cautious, independent journalist Shaheen told me. He grew up in the Paris suburbs, documenting what he says is daily police aggression. He predicts the riots will only grow this weekend. Anger is at boiling point, he insists. With the country on a knife edge, French politics is at its most poisonous. With opposition leaders here on the far right, but also on the far left, trying to score points. But in the suburb where Nahel, the 17-year-old French boy of Algerian-Moroccan descent, was shot this week by a French policeman, we found people sympathetic with the rioters. No one listens to people like us, like them otherwise. I'm against violence, but these youngsters want their voices heard. 
As dusk approaches, the feeling in this neighbourhood is getting increasingly tense. We were threatened just now on the streets and we tried to get into uh, this company that was targeted by rioters last night and they begged us to go outside the grates. They said they don't want to attract any more trouble with our presence. All right, Sandy Rios with you on Sandy Rios 24-7. That's an interesting report from BBC. It's not recent. It was like a week or 10 days ago. But I think it's probably hard to overstate the trouble in France. Sometimes you hear a report about something across the globe or something in this country where you kind of get the sense that uh, the news is exaggerating. They're not, I think they're underplaying the story. And that's why I thought we need to talk about what's happening in France because it is sort of mirroring what we are seeing in this country. Could it be our future? Well, I think it might be. So I've asked uh, Alessandra Pesce to join us, Alessandra Pesce. Uh, Alessandra, I've been interviewing him for several years on my morning show, but he's new to some of you who listen to Sandy Rios 24-7. He is the founder and executive director of the Institut de Formation Politique, it's a conservative training institute in Paris where he lives with his wife, Kate, who will join us in a minute, too. They have six children. Uh, Pesse, Pesse is a, uh, an attorney, a constitutional law expert. Uh, he is uh, founder of the Tocqueville Fellowship, which is an annual trip to, the American, to America uh, for French students. And that's actually where I met Alex uh, in D.C. a number of years ago. There's a lot to say more about him, but... Uh, he and his wife are in the U.S. right now, and I thought it would be wonderful to catch up with them uh, since they live in Paris, and this is their world. They do public policy. They try to push back. Uh, so I've asked Alessandra and Kate to join us this morning. Good morning. Bonjour, Alessandra. Bonjour, Sandy. Hello, uh, all our American friends. Hello, big hello from France. <laughs> Well, you know, I um, I want to say, I, I want to let you do the talking, but I just want to say to our listeners, because people don't, you know, Americans don't generally watch international news, and I want them to understand my position here. I have watched the French rise up in such bold ways over the last probably 10 years, maybe longer than that. Amazingly, we never think, I don't be please offended, Alessandra, but you know the reputation of France, at least in America, is not one of boldness. And yet boldness is exactly what we've seen for the French people. It started with, what, a million-plus people marching in Paris to stop gay marriage several years ago. And then we saw the uprising of the uh, Yellow Vest movement uh, covered that also. Uh, just the, the uh, injustice of the, the gas prices and so hard for regular people to just survive in France uh, uh, financially. And now we see this current trouble. Alessandra, is it true that this particular set of riots uh, happened because of the police shooting this young boy, Nahil, in the car? Is that the real origin of this, of this particular uh, set of riots? It's clearly after uh, the shooting of this man that the national riots occur. But you have to keep in mind that in France, we regularly have riots. There are local riots in different places in France. Sometimes they're national. That's what happened this time. They're, they all uh, jump from different places of the country. But the riots always occur when it's a Muslim man losing his life. There is no riot if it's someone from a different culture or religion uh, that's being shot. These uh, riots in France, it's a war on territory. It's about controlling the territory. And today you are enclaving France where... The police cannot go, but also the ambulance cannot go, the firemen cannot go. So there's this permanent tension with the representative of France and this population who is taking over uh, enclave in France territory. Let's talk about those no-go zones because um, uh, I don't know if that's particular to France, but this has been going on for a long time, and I just want to say that uh, I remember well, Alessandra, I know that you do too, uh, we watched um, as during the Obama years, uh, suddenly the, migra- the European Union welcomed in massive amounts of young Muslim men. We saw them in villages in Germany, like actually running like a troop. Uh, I, they were like they were in formation. And they, uh, they, this was in Sweden. This was in Austria. This was in Germany. And it certainly was in France. And the leaders of the European Union were fine with it. 
But the result of that is that then, uh, do you, okay, let me ask you, because you're the one who knows. Do you trace the origin of this population that's now rioting and living in the no-go zone to that uh, invasion of uh, Europe? Um, yes, it's clearly linked. Uh, just under Macron presidency, he's been here for six years, we welcome two million immigrants in France. We have a population of 65 million inhabitants. Can you imagine how fast it's, uh, this population are coming? You can assimilate few individuals. You cannot assimilate a whole, a whole population. And that's uh, the big challenge that, that we have is that there are so many that it took over some territories, and the people, French people, but also European origin immigrants from Poland, uh, Portugal, and other countries who, who moved to France are leaving this area. What's happening also, we have an, an increasing uh, explosion of the criminality. I'll give you the official figure of the state that was just published last week and to give you an idea. Between, depending on the type of crime, 80 to 95% of the victims are French people. But depending on the crime, between 60 to 95% of the criminals are foreigner. And if you had the one French from foreign origin, that gives you the incredible um, disparity and criminal case uh, so, that you can see. So this small population... You have this explosion. Sorry. I'm just going to restate that. This, so this small population, uh, this in the no-go zone, these young Muslim men are committing 60 to 95% of the crime. That's what you're saying. And I just want to make sure people understood that. And you said also in the old that... This, in all of France. Yeah. Go ahead. The statistics are, are for all France. The oh. statistics I gave you, it cover all France, not just the no-go zone. In all France, 80 to 95% of the victims are French, 60 to 95%, depending on the type of crime, of criminals are foreigners. And among the, the criminals, 80% of people in jail in France are, from, are Muslims. When, when officially we have between 10 and 15 percent Muslim in France. It's to tell you it's just not a criminality case, it's also a cultural case. Alessandra, it's not only no-go zone, it's no French zone. No French. Well, um, are you allowed to freely say uh, in France that this is a problem with the Muslim population? Because we fully know, because we have the same thing here, uh, that we are accused of being here Islamophobes. I don't know what the French word is. I bet there is a French word for that. Uh, that if you say something about it being related to the Muslim community, there is huge blowback and punishment. Can you speak freely about it? It's in interesting France? question. When I compare the U.S. and France, in in the U.S. you have in the Constitution a principle of freedom of speech. But what I feel sometimes is that people have a social pressure not to be able to talk freely about problems. In France, you, you have laws that are more strict on the paper, but in the reality, we can speak more freely about it. So yes, to answer your question, today, left and right will admit there is an immigration problem. 67% of French people say there is an immigration problem. We need to stop immigration. Um, 80% of French people wanted to send the military troops in this no-France zone, this no-go zone, to reestablish order. So that means French people are ready to use force to reestablish their order. Um, Alexander, and, also, um, in, this, in this latest uh, violence, my understanding is also that the French people in this particular spate of violence have been fighting back themselves rather than uh, hover. They've just been uh, they've been in the streets and they've been uh, kind of rebelling against uh, the, really what the government's decisions have been that have caused this situation. Is that true? The French people are kind of coming out of the closet and really fighting back. Uh, you're talking about this about the criminality, the riots. Yes. Well, well, I, against the government. Well, yeah. I I meant about the riots, you, you, but. You, it, in some cities in France, yes, people start to organize in groups, especially in Lorient, in Brittany. You have young 
uh, group of French people that arrested criminals and bring them to the police. Uh, it's starting to happen, but it's still a small number of people doing it. Because you know that when they do something bad, there are very few chances to go to jail. But if we do something bad, I mean, when we, I say, uh, people of honest who have no criminal record, who are just French patriots, if we do anything, we'll, we'll be sued and condemned hardly. That's also our judicial system. It's in the hand of, of um, very leftist judges in France. It's a national uh, body that is controlled by a leftist union, and you have the judicial uh, system on the national and supranational that is totally transforming our constitution. Our constitution wow. today is a protection for criminals. I can give you just an example of last year. A man who was helping illegal immigrants to come to France. Okay? He organized a whole track to make them come in France. This guy was recognized a constitutional right, constitutional right to do so. It's to tell you how reverse things are. Well, it's the same play here. You know that. You're reversing. We're living in an upside-down world. I mean, that used to be a cliche, but it really is true right now. Alessandra, there's so much to ask you, but let me bring in Kate for a second. Kate is Alessandra's wife. Kate is an American. Uh, she <laughs> used to work in Washington, D.C. with Morton Blackwell, who's been a longtime friend of mine. Uh, and she has been living now in Paris for 18 years. They have six children. She's still involved very much in politics now in France. And then also, or they have the public policy, I should say. And also in the U.S., she works uh, in French media outlets to sort of help uh, the French to understand American politics and their love of, you know, what MAGA means and uh, their devotion to President Trump, many of them. So, um, and she recently worked with the Federalist Society uh, in France. So she's very active in spite of her mothering these six children. Kate, thanks for joining us. I Thank you for ask, having us. Yeah, I want to ask you particularly, Kate, uh, you guys, you and Alessandra are uh, strong uh, Catholics, I believe Catholics, right? I am uh I'm not Catholic. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, you're both Christians. Let's say that. Let's put it Alex, that way, huh? Alex, we're both Christians, yes. We're yeah, very, okay. very strong believers, yes. Okay, all right. Well, that part I knew, too. So, I, all right. But I, um, there is a, I saw before, oh, I was prepping for you guys, I saw a story about the burning of a, an old historical church. And of course, we're talking ancient compared to American years. It just was recently, as far as yes. I can see, burned down. It was just so sad um, does that capture what's happening to Christians in France? What's, what's happening? Explain that to us. I think one of the things that's really poorly reported is the violence against Christians in France. Um, there are official state statistics. I believe it's 50% of uh, crimes, uh, religious crimes, are against Christians. I believe it's 17% against uh uh, Jewish and 13% against Muslims. I'd have to check those figures. But 50% is against Christians, and that can be physical violence, uh, violence against Christian sites, churches. I mean, you see churches burning all the time. You often see statues uh, with their heads cut off, and, and, and no one discusses these things. And that's not to mention the fact that many Christians are not free to talk about their faith or to live their faith. Many of the Catholics have been so um, attacked that they, they hide, and, you know, they're not being the salt and the light because they've been so attacked. And uh, that is changing, though. I will say that, the, that there's a lot of movement within the Christian community, and particularly the Catholic community in France, that is giving a lot of hope and fighting back. Um, uh, you know, last time I spoke to you, actually it's been a long time, but we talked about that tragic burning down of Notre Dame, which is a famous cathedral for those of you who haven't been to France or don't know your history. Uh, it's, I don't know how many hundreds of years old, but it's like the, like the Eiffel Tower. It's one of the symbols of France, and it burned to the ground, and the French people were in the streets praying with candles, just mourning, singing mm -hmm. French songs. I'll never forget. It gives me chills even to remember it. Uh, Kate, is there any reason to believe that might be connected to what we're talking about here? 
I absolutely do. It would be considered a conspiracy theory, but, you know, wood that old, that thick, it's very difficult for it to burn. Officials um, officials have said, you know, that 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 type of fire was, it couldn't just accidentally happen from old electricity wires. So I, I think that there there is an attack on Christianity in France, whether it be Notre Dame or something as small as the local church in a, in a, in a small town in the middle of France. And um, But what I do think is important to realize is that the French people are in this time. You know, the French will, they're, they're stubborn people, but they do come out and fight when it's time to do so. And when their symbols and, and their, their identity is attacked, they do come out, which is what you saw uh, with Notre Dame, with Notre Dame, and how they came out and they prayed. And during COVID, had they refused to have their churches set down, and they were out there in front of Notre Dame praying. Um, you know, this is all really encouraging things to see from the French. There's a whole lot of bad, but I think it's important to recognize and give credit to them for really standing strong. Absolutely. Well, let me go back to Alessandra. I'm going to come back to you in a few minutes and talk about family, but let me go back to Alessandra for a second. Okay. Because I, I'd like to talk about the politics of this. Alessandra, I, I pulled a clip from Marie Le, Marie Le Pen, uh, where, uh, in fact, we'll just play just a minute or so of it, and, I'll, uh, and I just want us to talk about what this is doing politically in France. But let's, first, let's listen to Marie Le Pen. She's addressing your parliament. Merci, Madame la Présidente. At a time when our country has just been delivered to plunder, plunder and an insensate fire, I would like to ask you the question that all French people are asking themselves. What have you done with France? You've been carrying out the same policies as your predecessors for 40 years. What have you done with our country by um, uh, creating these zones of unlawful use? What have you done when you let yourself be communal? and criminalized? What have you done when you let the ignorance of our culture prosper, the hostility towards the legal authority of the state and the illegitimacy of our laws and the hatred of our people? What have you done to transform our country among the most courteous, the most elegant, the softest of the earth to make it hell? Where is it con- where? It is consumed with public buildings that will burn in the future. And she goes on and on. You can pull that down, Adam. Uh, but what have you done with France? Is that uh, is Marie Le Pen getting a hearing? I know she ran against Macron and lost the last time. What is her status now? And are there others who are taking her place in the political arena? Yes. Um, Marine Le Pen did other Two elections ago, she got 33% on the second round. Last election, she did 42%. And in the poll, she's continued to, to grow. And some now uh, experts say she could win. It's going to take, uh, uh, due to the situation, she's clearly going up in the, in the poll. In the last congressional election last year, she got 89%, uh, 89 congressmen when all the polls were offering between 20 and 30 seats. So I think there's a growing silenced minority in France that is supporting her. And what she expressed, uh, what you just uh, will listen to, when she has a government, what have you done? Uh, it's a question that French people ask themselves. Yeah, uh, why these criminals will let them do what they're doing? Burning building, burning uh, schools, burning city council. Now they try to, to free, uh, to go to prison to free their, their friends from prison. It's, it's, there's 810 policemen who have been injured during these riots. Ten were shot by bullets. Um, but on the, their only afraid is of the government. They're afraid that one of the rioters be injured. So they, they're really submitting to terrorism and because they're just afraid of any escalation. They want to bind the social peace and let them do what they're doing. And every riot, they improve in the terms, they go further in the territory of their control, further in the violence, uh, further in the asking for more uh, right or more money. Because at the end of the day, the government answer is going to be simple, like every time they already answer and say, we'll send more taxpayer money to this area. Where they are over-subsidized. Uh, over uh, remade, they have beautiful sports plays, beautiful buildings, and they're burning and remake, remake them. And French people are 
getting tired of it. That's why my husband is going up in the polls. Yeah. Yeah, well, I um, I want to just interject as a way of teaching. This is an issue that I've been very involved with for years, but I haven't spoken about it because we've had so many other problems in this country. It's not part of our discussion right now, but the Muslim, uh, the doctrine of Islam is to dominate and conquer. It just is. I don't care what other people tell you or the politically correct tell you. That is what it is. And they have a, a system, which I, I can't think of the name of it right now, where they go, they plan to go into other countries uh, as they've done in France and in Europe, and um, to uh, populate and first be the minority, then start complaining, and then be the majority and take over the country. That's simply put. It's a Sharia law, and then subject uh, everyone to their way. And I see this playing out, don't you, Alessandra? I don't see what else we what else would explain this. It's exactly that, Sandra. We hope uh, this will work, that we all live together. It was the idea of multiculturalism. We just keep it's multiconflictual. Any multicultural country is multiconflictual, and any country who has an important part of Muslim in them, more than 10 to 50 percent, uh, say a, a professor in, of university in the U.S., I don't remember his name, uh, then you start to have a problem. And look, all Western countries who have riots, have the same riots with the same people, whether it's Sweden, Switzerland, Belgium, Netherlands, France. It's everywhere doing the same. And we're just following what happened to our uh, Christian friends in the Middle East, in Iraq, Syria, Libya, Lebanon. What happened to Christians? They have to convert, to submit, or to fly away. And they're in, or they're in very dangerous situation. And now we have that in Europe. And we had a call-in in the 90s. You may remember the Yugoslavian War. And yeah. what did we do? We just organized the installation of an Islamic country, Albanian and Kosovo. And today, uh, Christian Serbs in Kosovo have been harassed, have been attacked, and has to leave or live under protection. And that's what's starting to happen in France. During the riots, uh, can you say, you talk about the church being burned. There were several churches that surprisingly burned, and they always say, oh, it's an accident, but we've never had as many churches being burned. They also attack priests and beat priests. Um, they often go to the church when you are praying and say, Allah Akbar, you know? That's the thing that slowly show their presence and show their, their will to implement their law. What is interesting is they don't run for office. They don't go into politics. They implement through the Muslim Brotherhood techniques that if they implement their law and the bottom-up technique, they yes. implement it on everyday life. You yeah. can't sell pork in a battery anymore in many areas in France. You cannot buy alcohol. If you're a woman, you don't go out, you don't go to cafe, or even if you're non-Muslim, you have to wear a veil to be left alone. Just recently, you have several very famous feminists, very liberal feminists. One of them is Margaret Stern, who's a famous uh, feminine, you know, financed by Soros, who did all this aggressive demonstration about against Christian. She came out last week telling, we have to tell the truth, and we women are attacked by men who are all coming from Africa and mostly, um, almost all from uh, Muslim origin. And that's yeah. really changing the landscape and the debate because people open their eyes, but also people from the right and the left are starting to come out about uh, the, real, the real problem we are facing. Let me bring Kate in again. Um, so, Alessandra, you just said that um, even the left and the right are coming out to admit that women are being attacked on the streets and Sharia is being implemented, being, being covered covered heads and things control. Uh, um so, Kate, you've got six children, as we've said, and you are a woman. So tell us what it's like to be a woman and to be raising your children in France right now. Well, being a woman on France, especially in Paris over the last 20 years, has really changed. I don't take the train anymore uh, because, honestly, it, you just have to be so aware and you don't feel safe. And this is on the western part of France. You know, there's, there's, it really is becoming areas in France which are there's kind of this migration of people coming to the west and the southwest and moving to the west and the southwest where there's, it, there's still a sense of some security um, better schools you know you can 
you have a bit more security. But uh, I, I do not take the train anymore, and I take the metro, and that's fine. But you do have to be very aware as a woman, and I think that's pretty much anywhere. But in in France, it has gotten worse over the last 20 years. As a, as a mother, you definitely worry, uh, and you have to teach your children to be aware, not afraid, but aware. And as Christians, you know, I was just reading Psalm 27 this morning, the Lord is my stronghold of my life, of whom shall I fear? And you really have to depend on that because you have to be, like like I said, aware, but you can't live in fear. So every day you go out and you trust that you're there for a reason and you inform your children and just trust the Lord to, to, to be over your family and protect your family. And, uh, you know, you put them in the best school, which means that you have to make sacrifices. You can't just put them in the local the local place, the local town, uh, which is unfortunate because, you know, you have to you know, deal with the back and forth and the logistics. And that, I understand, is happening in the U.S. as well. But the good news is, is that a lot of private schools, because of this demand, are opening. I think COVID opened a lot of our eyes, not only for safety issues, but just to see what was being taught in our schools. Uh, and it, but it is sad because France does have this wonderful village life where you have the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker, and you kind of just get up, and it is very, you know, cliche, but you walk your kids to school, and you go to the butcher, and you get your, you know, your meat, and then you can go to the boulangerie and get your baguettes, and it's, it's very charming, and that is all being destroyed yeah, because I of just security saw, and uh, because of uh, wokeism. Just to make your point, I just saw a video of a one of those local mayors. I don't know how large this little town was, uh, but he had spoken out against what was happening, and the uh, the activists, shall we say, the Muslims came and burned his house. Was trying mm-hmm. to burn his wife and children alive in that house, and they barely. I think the wife broke. I don't know the more you details. He ran his car. They rammed his yeah. car. Yes. Yeah. So he I mean, ran this his car into the into the house where the wife and children were there. Yes. Oh, we're, we're talking about really serious stuff here. Again, I, I started out by saying I, don't, I think it's underreported. I don't think when you watch these stories of what's happening in France, you're hearing the whole story because they won't tell the whole story, and that's why I'm talking to you. Kate, let me go back to Alessandra. Thank you for that. That was great, at least very clear. Thank you. Um, and so, um, Alessandra, I want to talk. go back to the politics because a couple of more things here. In this country, we are struggling to have free and fair elections. There are lots of questions about uh, many of us feel that okay. our 2016, yes. 2020, all of them, 22, 2022, and that seems to be a method that the communist left, I'll just say it that way, are using to take over countries. Instead of u- using armed forces, they're working through elections. Are your elections still free and fair? Oh, very, very good question. When we look at the uh, American presidential election, to be honest, Many French people couldn't believe it. They felt they were following a third world country election. Uh, the way was a mess, but also the way people could vote without an ID, could vote in different places. You know, you have a video from like Project Veritas, for example, that show that for $100, you can get a, a, a vote from someone that would, uh, you make him sign and you vote for him. All these ballots coming from we don't know where, and suddenly came during the night. Um, that was very surprising for us. And what is interesting is our government, after this election, the first thing they said is we need to change our system to facilitate the people to vote for others, to vote from a distance, so basically to have a growing number of ballots that the government could open directly themselves. And so I think that's a threat. The second thing they will do is implemented rules so you cannot be candidate. For example, for the presidential race, uh, anybody could be president. Then they pass a law saying, you need to have 500 city council mayor that signed for you. Then they went to 1,000. Then they say, we'll publish the name of the city council mayor that signed to support your candidacy in order to put pressure on that. So there's all this rule, limitation to raise funds. And you get money from the state, uh, but if you have elected people, so if you're a newcomer, you almost have no chance to, to get elected. So all these rules that they keep their power safe and stay in power. Um, on every subject, you talk education, immigration, economic, uh, you'll see a majority of the people, of the French people, who are, don't agree with the government. But the government will never pass uh, the law or never have a referendum for people to decide. So, yes, there's this feeling 
as a global elite that is more and more away from the people and yeah. themselves don't trust the people. So I yeah, think the I election heard... is not doesn't seem as bad in the US, but it's getting not well. I think I heard you say yesterday when we we were in a meeting together um, that there are 200,000, every year 200,000 Frenchmen, native Frenchmen are leaving and 400,000 foreigners are coming. Is that, did I get that correctly? Yeah, that's why some talk about the big replacement, some authors about the replacement of the population in France. Is not only we welcome officially 320,000 immigrants last year, plus 100,000 still uh, illegal. Um, but you also have 250,000 French people, usually educated, well-trained, who are leaving the country. And oh, like Kate said, you have migration through to, toward other countries, but you also have migration inside the country, where people are moving away. You have the Jewish population totally switched from east of Paris where you have a huge population of Muslims, to the west part of Paris, where there is none, or very few. Um, you have French people, Christians, moving to the west. It's clearly moved a population that shows that people are escaping um, uh, some situation. Yeah. Uh, Another uh, total... Uh, the, the, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Please, go ahead. No, the I was going to say... The, uh, just the, the, the Muslim population uh, also is growing due to the demographic question. That's something yeah. that is not addressed very much. But well, this official statistic just came out about the birth rate. We were told for years that people coming to our wealthy countries will have demographic change. They will have less kids when they come from Africa to Europe. It's exactly the opposite that's happening. Uh, in Morocco, a woman has an average of 2.2 child um, in 3.47. And you have the same statistic for Tunisia, Algeria, uh, and many other countries. When they come, they are so welcome, so have so much welfare, so well, they have even uh, more children. On the contrary, you have the French people, the Western people, who are um, aboard their kids or have much less kids. They have 1.4 to 1.8 children per woman. That is not even the 2.1 you need to continue to take this. So you have a kind of crossroad, crossroad that's happening where now uh, people are really um, uh, to, to, to face and change the situation if we don't want to be uh, have a submersion of immigration and of population in our Western countries. Well, this is like, this is quintessent, whatever the word is that they use for this uh, intentional overtaking of a country over time because they're very patient. Uh, the uh, males come in and they, they uh, yeah, they uh, populate and they grow and they outgrow the population and they start threatening and causing violence. Uh, and this is the desired outcome. This is the plan. And so uh, we have, you know, uh, and of course the choice for the West of uh, abortion, as you just described, and not having many children because we can't be bothered. Uh, we are we are depopulating ourselves and we are we're facing a really serious, uh, seriously frightening future. And I think, except that we do trust God. And I'm so glad that uh, Kate shared that verse this morning. I'll speak for myself. We are all, we are, those, you and me and Kate, uh, we are believers in Christ and we know uh, who wins in the end of this. But to watch it develop and try to raise our children in this atmosphere is a challenge. And I know God understands that. He also understands our love of country. Love of countries, like love of your family. Our country is our family, and so we love our countries, and we want to. And we would be, uh, in the words of the Old Testament, infidels if we did not defend our countries. And that's what we're trying to do. Uh, it's been uh, delightful to talk to you, Alessandra, and also to Kate. We could go on and on, couldn't we? But um, you've given us a great, a great tutorial on what's happening in France, and no doubt in Austria and Sweden and others, which I haven't followed up on, but I will. Uh, and so we're, we're in this together in the sense that um, God knows what's happening, and he, is, um, he never is out of control. He's mindful of all of these things, and he uses this sometimes to teach us, uh, and to also he's going to bring things to a completion, we believe, soon. But meanwhile, we fight. So, Alessandra and Kate, thank you so much. Any final thoughts? 
Thank you very much, Sandy, for your invitation, and thank you for uh, what you're doing, your involvement, your fighting spirit, and for all the Americans listening to us who are involved in their community, transmitting their value in principle and culture uh, to their kids so our civilization uh, will flourish uh, again. And we'll need to keep in touch and contact uh, between Western to really wake up our countries and refine a good principle uh, uh, for them. Thank you very much, Sandy. Oh, you're welcome. So, uh, merci beaucoup to both of you. All right, this is Sandy Rios on Sandy Thank Rios 24-7. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios back with you on Sandy Rios 24-7. Remember, you can call us at 662 821 That's 662-821-2040. Or you can write us at sandy at AFR.net. And you can also easily listen to the show if you go to sandyrios.com. Some of you have a different, you know, whatever method you use to listen, that's great. We understand there's been a little trouble with Samsung phones. Uh, And so I just want you to know, you can go to sandyrios.com and uh, easily listen to the show and share that with friends. Also go to our new, uh, newly constructed, resurrected website, Sandy Rios 24-7, and, and join the, the family there and uh, share and with some of the articles that we talk about, et cetera. So anyway, uh, also, uh, in regard to preborn, you know, sometimes people are listening who are business owners or maybe have more resources than others. There's just no question about that. If you have the means... Would you consider a leadership gift to save babies in a big way? Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue 200 babies. All you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. You can donate securely. And uh, remember that this is a great way to save babies and also to reach their moms as well for what's really true. So, uh, all right, so I've asked Bruce to join me because because uh, I'd like for him to join me. Honey, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Now, um, that was fascinating, I thought. Uh, I love talking with Alexander. I know it's a little bit of a challenge uh, for non I'm not a French speaker, but it is a challenge, and I hope that uh, if you had a little trouble listening, you might even go back and listen again, and you'll catch uh, more things if you missed them the first time. But what did you think about the interview, honey? Well, I think it's so important for us to watch um, what's happening in France uh, because this is obviously a preview of what could be coming to much more of the world. Um, This overtaking or attempted overtaking uh, by Muslims of France is not by chance. They actually have a a plan. It's, It's referred to as hijra. And that's basically, instead of, you know, instead of invading a country with military might or strong-arming a country, instead what they do is they kind of come in from the bottom up. Um, Alex referenced it. It's kind of like Muslim creep. And what they do is they, they start moving into an area and then they um, start uh, populating uh, at a rate faster than the people who live there. They also start to get into government. And they put a big strain on social services because they get involved in, in uh, taking all the handouts that are available. And then when they reach a certain point where they have enough power politically and through the media, then they start to complain that they are being mistreated. And that's when they start to gain power because, as you heard, people back down from the Muslims. Yeah, they do. I mean, remember Ale- Alexandra said that I think there's 200,000 French leaving the country every year and 400,000 immigrants coming in. People are fleeing France, uh, and people who have wealth and means are certainly getting out. So it's, it's, bringing, it's hurting France in every single way. Think about these no-go zones. You know, we were outraged when they had the chop out in Seattle or Portland, and, uh, you know, it was a, it was a temporary thing. Think of that on a permanent basis and that you have to respect it. Uh, You are not allowed to go in there unless you are a Muslim. They are operating under Sharia law. 
Um, and they take all the advantages of being a citizen of France or being a resident of France and not giving back. Yeah, and I think it needs to be said, look, we haven't talked too much about Islam in this country for the last several years. I, uh, you, Some of you may realize or you may know that after 9-11 we came across uh, in a raid of the FBI in a, in a basement in, near in Virginia, near the Capitol. Uh, they found uh, a whole diary, a whole plan of taking over the United States. Uh, that's just the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, they're just one uh, faction of Islam, but really the teaching of Islam is, this is a, the literal teaching of Islam is to dominate. You either, um, you either uh, dominate or you conquer. You kill or you conquer. And so uh, it's, it's really their, it is their doctrine, and this is what they do. And they do believe that everybody in the world will finally become Muslim, and they do believe in world domination. So this was happening in our country. I think it still is happening in our country. We're not hearing about it, I think. We're not hearing about it. First of all, because they've uh, conjured up this term Islam, uh, Islamophobia, which is, that came from the Muslims. I know this. I could tell you a long story about this, but I won't in today's show. Uh, and it came from them because that's they're they're smart, 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 and they know how to become the victim when actually they are the perpetrator. I'm not saying every Muslim is doing this, uh, but they do know that this is the teaching of Islam. So um, we, I think, the reason they're not talking about it now in our country is because there are so many other things, and uh, the 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 wicked parts of Islam, the those that are uh, carrying out this tactic are delighted to see others destroy us. In fact, one of the statements in the document that was found in that basement is, and this is literally what they said, we will destroy their miserable house from within. That's what the document said. And we should have acted on it, but instead the FBI was co-opted. Uh, they stopped teaching about Islam in the academy. Uh, and uh, they placed Muslim Sharia-adhering uh, chaplains in the military uh, and they placed them in the Pentagon, and they placed them in the State Department. And so here we are. You can't talk about it, but it's still present. And so this conversation with Kate and Alessandra is very important to us because it really is happening here, even if no one's talking about it. So just just be aware. Uh, and uh, that doesn't mean you can't minister to your Muslim neighbors and friends. I'm not saying do that, because God loves everyone. He loves everyone. And certainly there are reprobate Christians who are not really Christians so we know that. We understand that. So on an individual basis, we need to minister, uh, bring the, the knowledge of Christ to them very clearly, uh, be good neighbors, but just recognize the reality of what's happening uh, with the uh, overall, with our battle really against Islam and uh, the American way, because they are not compatible. So with that, we have to say goodbye. I hope that you benefited from this. This was one of my favorite podcasts. And I, again, my thing is, I'm just, I hope that you can understand it. And I just encourage you to listen again if you had trouble with that. Uh, so, and you'll get used to it. You know, your ears kind of get in tune to the accents. I think I've had a lot of years of practice dealing with people who don't speak English as a first language. So it's easier for me, perhaps because of that. But I challenge you to listen really actively and enjoy it and listen and learn. So that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.